Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness, your sex and your happiness, my sex and my happiness, and my guest's sex and my guest's happiness. You know, every week I offer you something that's expansion. It's expansion for your mind. It's expansion for your body. It's expansion for your soul. And today is going to be a big one. I'm just preparing you. I'm letting you know. I have a very special guest. Um, we met recently because she was on my path. She she said she knew we were crossing paths in Asheville, North Carolina, and she made sure we met. And what a meeting of the minds and souls. I just have to say that. So I'm very excited to have her on my show. She's a major contributor to people's lives on this planet. And so without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then I'm going to bring her in. Her name is Linda Starwolf, and she is a shaman, a teacher, an author, and of over 10 books. She's the creator of Shamanic Breathwork. Maybe you've heard of that. I don't know. But she has created Shamanic Breathwork, and she's been a visionary and a shamanic guide for over 35 years. So that's saying something. That's a lot. And... Um, Linda, I just really, well, I'm going to call you Star. I'm not going to call you Linda. That's your whole name, Linda Starwolf, <laughs> but I call you Star. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest on my show today. Oh, Laurie, I am so deeply honored to be on your show today, and I am so grateful to have met you and already feel like we're long-lost shamanic sisters. We are. We are. It's uh Yes, I'm very grateful that you, you know, I'll just say to the, to my listeners, um, I was scheduled to fly into Asheville, North Carolina to do an ISTA program and Star contacted me and said, can I meet you at the airport? Let's have dinner. And I was, I was so honored. And I mean, because we've only heard about each other from some of our greatest allies, but we hadn't met. And so we met and we had a meeting of as I say, the minds, the hearts, and the souls, we just blew each other's mind with each other. And so here we are on this show, and we're going to share the best of our connection with you. So, Star, tell us a little bit, you know, okay, shamanic, visionary, you know, how did you get to be this? I love to have the first segment talk <laughs> a little bit about, you know, did your parents raise you to be a shamanic visionary? <laughs> did, did school prepare you to be a shamanic visionary? What happened that made you who you are? Well, first of all, when you say, did your parents raise you? Did your schools? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the truth is, is of course, it takes all those experiences, uh, even the ones that don't know that they're supporting you to become a shamanic person, you know, because frequently it's a, a uh, you know, things that are, adversarial that uh, put put one on a shamanic path, quite frankly. So it's kind of adversarial allies. You don't even know they're, they're assisting you uh, by the things that you must work through in your life and that you must let die and change in order to become who you are. But the, the other true, truer answer, I think, from my heart is, is that um, the way I look at, at shamanism itself is that we are all shamanic. That's an adjective. That's a descriptor meaning that we're born this way. There's a song by Lady Gaga that goes, baby, you were born this way. And to be born shamanic means to be connection, connected deeply to this earth and also to the universe and to the stars and to all living things and to be deeply connected to nature, animal, plant, human nature, and the elements. And so as a child, I grew up in the country and I grew up and mainly uh, spent time at my grandmother and grandfather's house out in the country as an only child while my very young parents worked. And my grandmother was a renegade Baptist, um, uh, fairy believing grandmother who <laughs> taught me how to play the, 
<laughs> prayed to Jesus and the fairies at the same time when we planted the garden, you know, and um, that animals could talk and that there were aliens. And my mother was trying to be modern and didn't want me to believe in any of that. And my grandmother was, of course, uh, downloading this to me daily and uh, behind the scenes. And it's what made sense to me. And I was kind of a weird little kid. And, uh, you know, I was a um, an only child and went to school and um, in a place where I just didn't feel that I belonged in Western Kentucky. Uh, so to make a long story short, my grandmother, who I believe was shamanic at her deepest core, uh, really passed that on to me. And she died very uh, young at 54 and suddenly, and I was 12 and it just ripped my heart out and pulled my roots up that what roots I had being a very sensitive being that I was mm. um, and very psychic. And she also taught me uh, before she passed, she taught me, you know, to read dreams, things like that. And um, so I was the sixties and I went on my journey after that, just kind of uh, confused and lost and, you know, and yet at the same time, everything that was happening in the sixties and, um, you know, I often say I did a lot of field research in the psychedelic world during that time. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and some of that was wonderful and some of it led to a lot of dysfunction and heartbreak. And those were all shamanic initiations, too. Yes. I just didn't know that at the time. Yes. And then to kind of fast forward, because, you know, you and I have lived a little while, but to fast forward through a lot of therapy and a lot of soul seeking and meditation and experiences and initiations later. Um, by the time I was in my early thirties, I was really awakening at a much deeper level. And um, for me, it involved uh, getting clean from drugs and alcohol um, and becoming a therapist. I've been a therapist for a long time and a counselor and then understanding there was so much more than beyond traditional counseling and therapy. And that's when I stepped into the more official world, if you will, that people think of now today about the shamanic world and studying with indigenous elders. I had a wolf clan. I was adopted by a wolf clan Seneca elder named Grandmother Twyla. She was a wolf clan grandmother. And I've also studied with different indigenous shamans around the world. Um, but more importantly, I really begin to understand that this was a, um, if we're going to heal and change ourselves and really open up to the power, the powerful energy, the Shakti, the Kundalini that every one of us has, that we're going to have to do the inner work, that it just can't be, um, you know, just kind of going towards spirit. We've got to go down into all of our chakras. We've yeah, got to go yeah. down into the earth. Yes. So that's a kind of the Reader's Digest condensed version. <laughs> but uh, once I decided that, you know, I, then I really turned my path fully on to the shamanic, what I call, and it's a phrase I actually created, a term that I created about 20 years ago, uh, to really step on the shamanic psycho-spiritual path. Yes. That's, I mean, you know, I heard of you. I don't remember when the first time is that I heard of you. I guess it was from Crystal Dawn, Crystal Dawn Morris, my colleague in his. Yeah. And um, I heard, and then I heard of you from Elaine Young, my other co-creator in ISTA. And I, I thought, you know, there was just power in the way they spoke about you. There was a power. And then I experienced Germanic breath work and I went, wow, this is powerful stuff. But I didn't, you know, it, it was a surprise to me, you know, when we met. It was a surprise to me that you were going to reach out to me. And um, I feel like you have carved a niche or a new way of being, you know, on this planet. I feel like you are, are unique and you have carved something out. And it must have taken tremendous power and stamina and guts to be like a weird little girl and then like grow up and go, Oh yeah, I'm, my grandma taught me this. My grandma taught me that. My grandma taught me this. And <laughs> I've learned to listen to all these things. And most people have no clue what I'm, what I'm even talking about or what this is about. And really, I don't think people even came into this until recently that even people have heard of shamanism. 
Do you know? That's so true. And it's so true, you know, and Laurie, you know, I was a weird little girl. I was an even weirder teenager and even a weirder adult. And so, uh, you know, and now I'm a weirder elder, you know. So uh, <laughs> I think weird, you know, you know, you probably know this, but weird was uh, originally spelt W-Y-R-R-D. And weird many, many uh, years ago, you know, hundreds of years ago, the, the word weird meant wise. And it meant wise man or wise woman. And so mm-hmm. that's where they got the word weird but people got burned at the stake for being weird that's right and um and so and and they still do today as you know in many different ways it's a little bit different but it's still you know, they're still cross burning around this country and around the world unfortunately um and so yeah it's it's not been an easy path but you know something i know you know this that when you are called to a path because that's one of the ways that you know that you're being called to any path is that you know, that you're on the right path is that you're called. It's a calling. Yes. When you're called to a path, the only way to not be on that path is to ignore it and to have to numb yourself out in some way in order to not hear the call. And frequently, if you don't answer the call, you get sick. Yes. Um, and you get sicker, you know, and you get addicted and you are depressed. And I look around at the world and I, you know, I see all the, you know, when I used to work in mental health, uh, mainly worked in mental health and in the field of addictions, and I have still worked in the uh, field of mental health and addictions, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But when I did, you know, everybody was being put on prescription medications. And I know there's a time uh, for pharmaceutical medicines for different people and different things. I'm not a, you know, vigilante against that. But there's a huge overuse of those things, and mainly to dumb people down and numb them out from being to, to discovering what's going on with them, yes. what's really going on. Yes, and what I, I think agree. is really going on is their sexual life force kundalini energy is trying to say, come this way. This is the where, where you're supposed to be headed. And it's uh, because it may not be socially accepted in some way. It certainly wasn't socially accepted for me to, quote, be a shaman. Right. You know? um, and if you, if you fight against your past, you're never happy, and you frequently just aren't well. Exactly. You ha- you said that so brilliantly. I, I I mean, that's just so true. So many people are concerned with public opinion and fitting in to whatever it was that was directed to them by their parents, by religion, by the state. And so they don't discover their true path, which may or may not be shamanic, but is something. And then they have to spend right. their life adjusting uh, and coping with what what with their choice to not follow their truth, and what you mm-hmm. do and what I do is help people find their inner guidance, find their truth, find their real heart of the matter self, and um, and that sets them free. But it definitely comes with a price, <laughs> you know. Like it definitely it definitely does, Laura. And when that. That's why I reached out to you because I had, I too had heard your name. You know, I, I always laugh and say, written on the bathroom walls. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just, you just hear about it. These keep coming back around. And I thought, who is this woman? And I watched a couple of your, you know, videotapes and that sort of thing. And, you know, you can feel it when somebody's embodied and you can feel it when somebody's on their path. And, you know, they, and it's just like, when I see that, it's like, oh, there is another kindred spirit. This is somebody I want to connect with because I need in my life um, for my path and to be on my path, I really know that that I don't want to be on this path alone. And it doesn't have to be the exact path, but I need my kindred spirit sisters and brothers um, just knowing that they're out there in the world and that we are, are aware of each other and that energetically we have each other's back. Yes. And that we're carrying this message together to help people get free. Yes, it's so true. It's so good. Well, whatever it was, it, it was divine. It was a divine meeting. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and you, you know, you caused it, but it was caused. And the thing I wanted to mm-hmm. add to what you've said about, you know, the numbing out piece and not answering the call. For me, I, it became so clear to me that I could do no other, that I could, you know, I've done all kinds of different things myself on the way to becoming what I am now. 
And it became very clear to me that I, like, I don't, just like leadership, you know, I don't, it never occurred to me like a choice. Like I just was born and I lead everything. <laughs> you know, like I just, yes. it never, yes, occurred I got like, it. <laughs> yeah, it never occurred like, oh, I'm choosing now to lead or I'm choosing now to follow. No, even if I'm following, I'm a leader following, choosing to follow another lead, but I know I'm a lead and it's not a question That's in my, right. there's not one question in any cell or atom of my body that I'm a leader. It's not a choice. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, no, it's, it's not. It's just the calling. It's the calling. And finally, I'm aligned with the calling that I'm supposed to be doing. And just like, you know, you, started, right. you, know, yeah. you started I'm in sorry, one way and then that. it came to that. It evolved. It evolves and then it becomes clearer. Right. I mean, I, you know, they say leaders are born, not made. And, you know, there's kind of a both end to that because you have to answer the call to be a leader. <laughs> but there, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. but there is a truth to that, and that's part of actually the Wolfland teachings that I was taught from Grandmother Twyla Nitch, with the, as, who is my Seneca uh, grandmother that passed a few years back at 94 years. I like to say 94 years young. She was spry and on on purpose to the end, and you know, and she would say that to me. She would say, you know, Star. She's the one who gave me my name. She would say, Star. You know, you're an alpha you are a leader, you know, mm -hmm. um, you had, cause she said to me, never endorse toothpaste or a product or anything. You don't believe in 100%. Never, never ever endorse a person or a thing or anything. She said, because you have so much charisma and you have so much power that you haven't even fully owned yet. You don't realize how much you influence other people and you must take responsibility for your charisma. You must right. understand that people will want to do what you do because even if they're afraid of you or think you're crazy, they'll still want to do what you do because there's something in your field. And I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not that powerful. And she said, you know, if you don't own your power, you'll hurt not only yourself but others. I'm and that so was really important for me to understand. I'm so glad someone said that to you. That is so cool. Someone said that to me too. Somebody said that yeah. to me. Landmark education, someone said it to me. Someone said, you are so powerful. You have to be responsible for your every single word because people cling to your words. And yeah. um, and you have to be responsible. Like if you make a face or if you, you know, speak under your breath, you know, whisper under your breath something against, people will follow that. So you have to be completely responsible and choose your words wisely. And I was just like... What? <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't wanna... I know. I know. It's a, it is a response. You know, we call it a response ability that we have to develop and, you know, that we're not um, able to just blow off things like that. And, and you know, once you accept that, or at least for me, once I've accepted that responsibility, um, there's a certain dignity that comes along with yes. it. And, um, and it's, not a, a, it's not a pride, a false pride. But there is a dignity that comes with it and to walk in that path and to to um, really want to be ethical and to want to do the right thing. And, um, and you know, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to have that kind of, of sense about yourself that you're doing your best um, to do the right thing for yourself. And not only for yourself, but for the, this planet and especially at this time when yes. things are in such a turmoil and upheaval. You mentioned earlier about shamanism and I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing shamanic work for more than 30 years. And when I first started doing, was doing shamanic work, I knew of two people in the world that was mentioning anything about shamanism. Um, so it, it has been a long haul. But, you know, for me, the kind of the good news now is that it's become, I remember one of the first uh, radio interviews I did about 30 years ago, they said, what's your goal? And I said, to help shamanism or the word shamanic become a household word mm. and uh they, they laughed and they said well good luck and about <laughs> three years ago i was on a radio show uh with a woman named dr pat out of um portland and i think it's portland and she she's on an am radio show and she said well star wolf what's it feel like to have made shamanism or shamanic consciousness a household word and i had to laugh <laughs> I said, 
well, it only took 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? That's 20 years sooner than a, than a change is made in our education system. It takes 50 years. Well, to oh, make that's it. good. Yeah, so you so you were on a fast track, even if the minute. <laughs> I didn't know it. No. <laughs> well, we're going to take a little break here. We are going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, what actually you're up to. I want to talk a bit about your university, uh, and I want to talk about your actual work, the breath work. And um, what people get from it, what they, what people can expect if they look you up, and then you know, in our third segment, we'll find that we'll tell them how to look you up. Okay, so uh, if you just right. yeah, good. So if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers, and I'm really happy to have Starwolf on my show today. That's Linda Starwolf. You can look her up as Linda Starwolf or Starwolf, um, and uh, oh. Yeah, and we'll, I want to also, somebody last night was talking to me about wolves, so I want to like talk about wolves too a little bit. <laughs> so, so stay tuned, everybody. We will be right back. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops dot com that's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of sex and happiness my question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this because many women say that their feelings of desire arousal and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like so I want to tell you about Zestra because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So... I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, 
please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. Today I am speaking to uh, a new beloved of mine. I mean, I just have to say that. I mean, uh, but maybe we were always, we just hadn't met yet in the flesh. But I'm talking today with Linda Starwolf, who uh, is a person after my own heart, and I think I'm a person after her own heart. We we met, and our connection was like a volcano. So we, because we both know we're powerful, and we both know what our what our gift is, and how to bring it into manifestation in the world. And that's a powerful thing. So start, what, um, if we went to the essence, let's talk about shamanic breath work first, and then let's see if we can like add in like the whole parts about the education, because you've done an amazing job in the state of North Carolina in getting everything accredited and so on. So, but let's first talk about the essence of uh, shamanic breath work. Um, what is it? How does it work? And what does it do for people? Thank you Lord, for asking that question. It's a subject that's near and dear to my heart, obviously. And, um, you know, if you're going to walk a shamanic path, you have to have shamanic tools. And I know that ISTA offers lots of wonderful tools. In fact, I would call them shamanic tools. I would call them shamanic psycho-spiritual tools because um, the shamanic world deals with, you know, not only the physical, um, people frequently think it, you know, uh, deals with healing and illness, and, and that's true, physical illness. But it also really understands that it's body, mind, spirit. And that, um, that in, in addition to healing the physical, that we need to be looking at the mental, the emotional, and also connecting to the spirit world. And you can even be, in some ways, you could be agnostic, you could be atheist, and still connect with the unseen or the great mystery. So it's not particularly religious, but it is spiritual. And so connecting to the greater powers or the greater energies around us, and certainly any of us who can look outside and, and or walk outside can say, hey, the ocean is much more powerful than me, or that rainforest or the desert and the heat and the sun <clears throat> or the storm, the hurricane or the, you know, nature itself is very, very powerful. So mm-hmm. connecting to water and earth and fire and air and then understanding that whatever created those things, whatever you want to call it, is a life force energy that is so beyond anything we can label it, but none of us fully understand the mystery of it. And if animals and plants and trees and rivers and skies and rocks are made by this force, what about human beings? Well, we too are made by that force. We're created by it. And so the shamanic world is understanding that we are a part of creation. We are a part of nature, not apart from it. And that whatever created it, nature, is called supernature. And another word for that is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Okay? Supernature created super created nature and we're a part of nature. And this supernatural or supernature that created us, since it's our parent, lives inside every one of us. And so the shamanic world acknowledges that. And one of the quickest ways that I know how to remember just what I just said is to remember that we're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual beings, that we're part rock, part tree, part water, part ocean, part animal, part human, part superhuman, part spirit, all of that is to go into an altered state. That's why human beings and animals actually too have always thought altered states. It's why people drink. It's why people smoke cigarettes. It's why people eat certain foods. Why I eat cacao. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's uh, why we dance, why we make love. We oh, want the other to way, be high. Don't forget winding up your swing, like getting on a swing in the <laughs> playground and turning yes. it around and around. I always liked that one because I started at a very young age. I love that. You want, you turn like, around, 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 and then you let your feet go and the thing goes, I love that, Lori. And you know, you've hit the nail on the head. So many people go to me like, gosh, I used to do this heavy breathing and then hold my breath till I would pass out. 
or I would, you know, get on um, a um, one of those uh, merry-go-round things in the park where you got, get on it and you run and then you get going real fast yes, and you yes. jump on. Yes. All those things. Everyone from children, I mean, we've always done something to get into another state of consciousness. And of course, another way we do that is when we just say, I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to the ocean. There's right. nothing that can shift my consciousness more than going out and breathing negative ions, setting by the ocean and letting the, the energies come off the wave just completely transports me and teleports me into this expanded consciousness and deep peace. So people experience it in the forest and the mountains and the desert. So having said that, um, the process that I created shamanic breathwork came from my own experiences of nature. It came from my experiences with working with different shamanic teachers and elders through the years. And it came from study, a deep study of the breath itself. And we don't have time to go into all that, but I'll tell you that I studied with different people who had different techniques and different ways of doing breath work. But none of them had ever actually mentioned shamanism or shamanic consciousness. Um, it was more of a, you know, an Eastern approach or um, a holotropic approach, those kinds of things. And they were all powerful. But my world also very much, uh, I had arrived at this place understanding that the shamanic world was my path and that the breath work helped me embrace that. So this deep rhythmic breathing would take me into this altered state. And I wasn't just going there, quote, to get high, although it felt good to get there. That's wonderful. <laughs> sure. But I, you know, but I was going there to experience my bigger self and the bigger story of why I'm here and also to see any places and that's the beautiful part about the shamanic breathwork experience. It takes you somehow, and I can't tell you, you know, the, the answer to this. I don't know after all these years, but somehow it changes your brain chemistry and science mm -hmm. is studying this right now. And it activates your chemicals, your spirit molecules inside of your brain. You don't have to have any drug or any plant or anything else outside of you. And it opens up your psyche and your consciousness. And how it does this, I do not know, but it takes you exactly where you need to go. So if you're needing to work on an issue, it takes you there. If it's something you've been ignoring, it'll take you to your shadow. If it's, uh, you need to embrace your, you know, um, your beloved, your inner beloved or the great mystery or have a high spiritual experience, you will. If you need deep peace and rest, it'll take you there. There's yeah, so many there's things from your chi childhood. It'll take you there. Whatever you need to go, or, it, or it knows will help you, where you need to go. Or it will help you embrace your masculine and your feminine, no matter what yes. gender you're born into or whatever. Yes, that's exactly my experience on all the things you're saying. I, um, that's my experience with shamanic breathwork. That's my experience with cacao. That's my experience with ayahuasca. Yes. All the things, all those shamanic tools, everything. Yes. Uh, that's my experience with Tantra. Yes. So it somehow magically teleports us. And you know what it is for me is I think that when we lie down and we do the breath work and we have this choreographed music and we have, um, if you have a facilitator with you, they can do body work with you. When all that's going on, there's a place where as you breathe and as I breathe, we let go and we surrender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that surrender, we give a direct message. You can call it whatever you want to, your greater self, your higher power, I, whatever. It doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it Elvis. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> but when we surrender, <laughs> you know, I surrender to Elvis, you know, but whenever we surrender ourselves like that, we send a direct signal to the universe that we're ready. We're ready for transformation. And instantly the universe says, okay. And it turns those chemicals on within us. It expands our consciousness and we are in an altered state. And that's what shamanic consciousness is about. Whether it's sitting by the ocean or whether it's doing shamanic breathing or other things that you spoke about, it is about creating an altered state to remember there's a bigger picture. We are more than who we think we are. And there are answers to any problem that we have. And there's direction and there's miracles and there's enlightenment and there's all kinds of amazing things 
just a few breaths away. Yes. Oh, so like to, it's not really to paraphrase, to summarize it, it's like everything that we want is already within us. Every answer Mm -hmm. to every situation, to every question we could possibly have is not outside of ourselves. People go looking in all different places for the answers and the answers are all deeply within and they just have to be accessed. And that's really where our, everyone's power is. But people have been taught to doubt themselves. And this brings people back to their center and their core, which we can call it any of those things. We could call it shamanic. We could call it uh, intrinsic. We could call it organic. It's all inside. The answers and the self-love and the whole, the whole enchilada is right inside. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It so is inside. Cool. It, you know, it really is. And, you know, I know that Venus Rising Association for Transformation is my organization. And Venus Rising has been teaching this now, you know, um, for, you know, going on three decades. And I know that ISTA teaches this as well. There's other, um, you know, people and organizations that are really, truly teaching this now that we're moving uh, you know, astrologically, they call it moving into the age of Aquarius, that we're moving from the age of devotion, which was the age of Pisces, where you give your power to, you know, a, a, a spirit, a uh, spiritual teacher outside of yourself, but with and even a, even a more traditional shaman, but with the age of Aquarius that metaphorically and astrologically, it's time to remember and awaken that we all are godlike, that we're all, yes. you know, I, I put it this way. If a dog, you know, has babies and they're puppies, what do those puppies grow up to be? They grow up to be dogs. You know, if God has children, what, and if we ever finally grow up, <laughs> what do we get to be? You oh, know, godlings. I, I call it godlings. <laughs> you right. know, it's like we get to, um, and that's not heresy. It's just saying that we get to grow up. And I make a joke that um, God, goddess, whatever you want to call it, great mystery uh, really wishes that, you know, is, is like getting really tired of us being children of God. Yeah. Really appreciate it if we would just grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt that I was God for a long time. So, and I, you know, if somebody thinks it's heresy, that's okay with me too. You know, I think they're God. <laughs> I, when they come to my door, you know, when religious people come to my door and they want to give me the good book or the book of Jehovah or whatever, I always say, why? I'm God. You're God. Why are you reading that? Why don't you just turn inside and see that you're a God and then they leave my door. You know, they go away. (laughs) Anyway, that is what it is. Let's talk a little bit about just like a a snapshot of, um, so you got all of this body of work that you call Venus Rising. You know, um, you started a school. Uh, School of Higher Education in the state of North Carolina. Just say a couple things about that because since you told me sure. that, you know, I did, I wasn't able to get over that. You know what I mean? I that knocked me <laughs> out. That was like I didn't see that coming, <laughs> and that was like, uh, whoa! This woman is like she is walking the talk. You know, so whatever you did, how did you do that, and what is it? Well. You know, once I decided that I was going to fully step out and do this work and, you know, and actually claim it. And, you know, there's a thing about when you give birth to a child, when you give birth to something that are you really going to take responsibility for it? Are you going to raise it up and are you going to help it become everything that it that it wants to become in the world? And Venus rising itself really symbolizes Venus astrologically is a planet of, of um, love, wisdom yes. and, and personal personal value, what you value. So Venus rising is about our own collective personal values of what we want to see rise upon this planet. And my main tool was to use shamanic breath work, breath work in order to awaken the shaman within, to help people remember uh, to heal themselves, to transform, and to then to own their gifts and to help uh, change the planet by changing themselves, you know, and doing what, whatever they were called and whatever field of work they were called to. And then some people, I found out, didn't want to just go back to the, the jobs that they had. They didn't necessarily want to go back to, um, you know, certain jobs that they felt were dead end for them, those co- kinds of things, whether it was working as a, 
grocery store clerk or whether it was as an attorney. They just did, they felt it was a dead end for them. They didn't want to go back to that. And what they were called to do, just like me, was to start teaching shamanic breath work. Mm. Um, and so I thought, okay, so how can I help somebody who's already gotten a career in something else, such as an attorney, even some medical doctors, um, or as a, you know, esthetician or whatever, how can I help them uh, be able to do this work in the world? And because I believe that, gosh, it'd be wonderful to have more people doing this work. And so just let me to make it as short as I possibly can. I went through the appropriate route to become an ordainment board to help people become shamanic ministers. And believe me, uh, it's, an, it's a very interesting process to do this because m- most people don't know this, but all nonprofit organizations have to go through the um, United States tax uh, system. And right. it's the IRS that governs this, which is kind of crazy, but they do. And they're the ones that get to decide in that organization who is a nonprofit. Right. And so, you know, my nonprofit organization, I had to go through, jump through quite a few hoops. Because first of all, none of them knew what shamanic meant. And I had to keep explaining it. And I had help with doing that. I, I enlisted the appropriate people who could help me use the language that they could hear and understand that we had a right, just like anybody else out there from any, quote, spiritual tradition, regardless or religious tradition, to ordain ministers because we had a body of work that was legitimate and had been around for a long time. And so... In doing that, we created the Shamanic Ministers Network and Ordainment Board. And so people who come through our training are able to become ministers, which means that they can perform, um, you know, a basic level of pastoral counseling to people. And it also means, just like with, um, um, you know, you, you probably, I'm sure you know this, Lori, but if you're a, quote, therapist in a more traditional mode, you're not allowed to hug somebody. You're not allowed to, to uh, do Reiki or put your hands on someone. That's right. Any kind of spiritual work. And so as a shamanic minister, you're actually able to love people, I say, and to actually touch people, not only emotionally, but also in an appropriate and physical way. Um, and then beyond that, the next thing that came up for me is some people said, well, we would really like to develop our own centers. You know, can we do that as nonprofits? And mm-hmm. I said, uh, let me look back into that. And so we went back into that and we went back and applied to become not only an ordination board, but also an originating congregation that could create other congregations. And we were passed to do that. So we have several Ven- uh, Venus Rising congregations who have their own names of who they are. You know, like um, one person is Freedom, Folk, and Soul. Another is Shaman's Heart. We have several of those out there. And then at the end of their, their title, it says Of Venus Rising. And so it's a, it, we're kind of like the mothership. And then I went back and I said, now I understand that as a spiritual organization who can ordain shamanic ministers and certify shamanic breathwork facilitators to do our spiritual, uh, shamanic psycho-spiritual work in the world, that I'd like to apply to be a spiritual university. And that was harder, actually. Um, and that took a, a lot because... Uh, it's different in different states, but in the state where I have residency um, in North Carolina, where we actually had to apply was to the University of North Carolina and to their board. And their board was the one who decides if we qualified to be a religious university. They don't recognize the word spiritual, but a religious university, even though they're, they're a secular university, it's their board that got to decide that. Mm. Um, and that was tricky and they were really putting the brakes on around that. And, um, I think probably most people know that Billy Graham university is also in, um, North Carolina and, um, most religious universities, a lot of them are, they are not called, they're not called your traditional accredited universities, but they are still able to offer a curriculum that allows people to come through to get bachelor's, master's and doctorate of ministry degrees, and that's what we applied for and it uh just to say this that it took some real going back and forth with that board and convincing them that we were legitimate that we were grounded and that our practitioners had harvard scholars stanford scholars 
we had people all over the world. We had homemakers. We had, uh, tr- you know, attorneys, uh, lieutenant uh, colonels from, um, you know, the United States uh, Army <laughs> that wow. all were uh, medical doctors who were shamanic breathwork practitioners. We had the past president of the American Board of Holistic Medicine. We had the past president of Holistic Medicine as breathwork facilitators. And so with this, and I know I said make it shorter, so I'm going to bring it to a close now. <laughs> they finally, finally said, okay, you can be, um, you know, a university, a religious university at the same level as other religious universities. Um, with, but so what this means that we're not considered a, an academic university, which is an accredited university. If we want to apply for accreditation, we now have passed the time period where we can and we may do that. But if we did, there would be some ways in which we would lose our autonomy to do to, with our curriculum. So I don't right. know that we'll become accredited, but I can tell you this. I've had accredited degrees all my life, and nobody's ever asked me if my degree was accredited. And, no, um, no, no, of course you know, not. And, and how much, I mean, I have a master's degree in education. I mean, really, how much do I actually use it? I was right. always, I mean, I was a teacher from the time I was four. You know, just like the Charlie Brown comics, you know, Lucy hangs out her shingle and she gives up. <laughs> you know, I was like that. Yes. I was teaching mm-hmm. everything to everybody all the time. So it's like, yeah, I got a master's degree in education, but that just says to me that I went somewhere to say that I can now say that. But I always said that anyway. I always knew that. So I understand you don't want to give up your autonomy and, um, and you, and, and, you're teaching a body of knowledge, which may be more important than what I learned at the university. Well, that's important to me, you know, to, to be able to, to hold on to that. And we find that the people that we attract, whether they have any degree at all, like, you know, we always had several people who had massage license or Reiki license or what, or, you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, or whether they have, you know, some of the highest degrees in this country have, you know, been able to say, identify, I am on the path of direct experience and I want to bring forth my accumulated wisdom from my experiences, from any past trainings or educations I have. And what we're able to do is validate people's life experience, their life lessons, their life degrees, certificates, experiences. We're, we really are, and I don't use this word very often, but we really are the perfect organization to acknowledge people. Uh, as you said, natural born leadership as teachers in whatever field they are on or that they're developing yes. and award them their degrees. So it's, um, and then there's a certain amount they have to do with our organization of our, our training too. Yeah. But anyway, it's, um, it's a very liberating thing to be recognized for who it is you are and what it is that you're embracing as your work in the world. Well, I just want you to know that that, I mean, to me, that is just, that whole feat that you did, you know, however you did it with whatever the process was like, to me, that is like so impressive. It's, it's takes stick to itiveness. It takes commitment. It takes big desire. It takes so many things to bring something like that into manifestation. So I acknowledge you for that. And I, and I, and you know, a lot of people give up on things. They give up on their dreams and you're somebody who doesn't. So to me, that's like, it's super impressive. It's impactful. It impacted me, you know, and uh, yeah, that's it. It's it just big. <laughs> it's huge. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing all that and for, um, and for finding a way to make it happen and dealing mm. with the IRS and dealing with the government oh, God. <laughs> and the tax organizations that, that rule things in this, in this country. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. So thank you, Laurie. And yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you too. And I know that you do these things as well. So I just want to acknowledge yeah. you and thank you. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. So we need to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to tell people how to get in touch with. But I want to also talk about, I just want to say, um, I think we did it already, but I want to just make sure that we demystified it, you know, to another extent. So when we come back, maybe you have a little tip 
so that people could um, start looking in even now and then we'll tell them how to get in touch with you if they've heard something today that they uh they feel called they feel moved i mean because it's it's very likely that someone has heard you and uh maybe it wasn't even so much the words it's it's your energy it's your being who you are if anybody has been called to get in touch with you and to and to get on this path with you how they would get in touch with. So we'll, we'll cover that when we come back on our next segment. So this is Laurie Handlers. Once again, I am interviewing Linda Starwolf, who is the founder, the creator of Shamanic Breathwork, the author of 10 books, the creator of a university where people can study uh, shamanism as a spiritual path. Uh, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about her and a wonderful person, not just somebody who's accomplished all this stuff, but somebody who had the personality and the wherewithal to, to bring this all together. So stay tuned. We're coming right back and you're going to find out how to get in touch with her and how you can study with her if that calls you. We're coming right back. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach... I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. 6135 and say Laurie Handlers told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V E N U S, for men. This is Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Linda Starwolf. And uh, Star, what? If anything, like if somebody wanted to see what you said about the breath going in without actually learning shamanic breath work, is there any tip you could give anybody that, you know, just has them see for themselves right now? Maybe you have, maybe you don't have, because I know it's shamanic breath work. You're going to be there at least, you're going to be in a process at least an hour, an hour and a half <laughs> on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything well, anyway is there anything you want to like give to people that they can take a look right now absolutely Lori. um you know it's this sometimes the most profound things are right under our nose <laughs> um there's a, a poem 
you know, by Hafiz that says, oh, master, master, where is God? Where is God? And he said, just take a deep breath right beneath your nose, right under your nose. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, right um, under our nose, you know, every single one of us, we are one breath away from not being on this planet anymore, from, from our death. We are one moment, one minute away from our death. Mm. One breath. One breath is all that separates us. Our last breath that we take, when we take that last breath, we go into the other world. Right. And, you know, so in between that time that we take that last breath and go into the other world, we also want to remember that before we came here and before we came from our mothers, we weren't fully here yet. And until we took that first breath, we weren't in this world. We weren't in this life. We were living, but we were water creatures. You know, we were living in a different world, a different dimension. Mm. So coming into this life and taking that breath is, a, is the breath into life. So in between that birth and that, that first breath and that last breath, we have all these breaths and we use them and we don't even think about them because it's like, um, you know, it's right beneath our nose. It's right here. It's something we do that's automatic. If we want to drink a water, we have to go get it. If we want to eat, we have to go get it. If we need to talk to somebody, we have to, we have to do all these other things. The one thing that we don't really um, pay attention to and that we take for granted, you know, like we do sometimes someone we love, is our breath. Our breath. And the breath in, in the many spiritual traditions actually means spirit. The word for breath in many spiritual traditions means spirit. Well, in the and Greek, it is because, spiritus. Yeah. Spiritus yes, spirit. is breath. Right, right, right. It means breath. So we, we begin to understand that, oh, my goodness, the secret to life, the secret to, to being fully embodied, the secret to good sexual connection, the secret to healing ourselves and transforming ourselves, the secret to, to this is breath. Mm-hmm. You know, connecting to spirit, to going to the bigger picture is spirit. So this is my tip, if you would call it that. My shamanic, helpful, you know, helpful <laughs> tip. Wherever you are, sitting in traffic, sitting at home with your kids running around the house, driving you crazy, making love with your lover, being on the beach by yourself, taking a walk, feeling confused, feeling like you have a headache, feeling tired, whatever it might be, take five minutes. And if you can't take five, take one. You'll be amazed at what happens if you can just take a minute and optimally, you know, a minimally five, but one minute and just breathe. And I don't mean little short breaths, but deep breathing and breathing in through your nose and filling yourself up this, and then out through your mouth. And then again, in through your nose and out through your mouth. If you can even do that for one minute, all of a sudden you will feel tingly, you'll feel expanded, and whatever chatter is going on in your head will stop. And it's as if you zap in and the bigger part of you is embodied. And you remember who you are beyond being a mother, beyond being a father, beyond being a lover, beyond being a, a pet owner, beyond being a firefighter or a doctor. Or a, per- or a person stuck in traffic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> beyond all your roles, you will remember who you are and you'll find all of a sudden that you're smiling right. and that there's this little secret smile of like, oh, I had forgotten for a moment who I am, who mm-hmm. I really am. Mm-hmm. I am a child of the universe and hopefully one that's growing up and remembering that I'm an adult of the universe. And that I get to co-create my reality every moment. Just remember to breathe. So good. I want to share with you one quick thing. And then we'll give the information on how to get in touch with you. Um, my father used to say, standing in line or, stay, or being in traffic, uh, people get annoyed and they get upset. And you use that example when you're stuck in traffic. He used to say that expands your life because you're in line and you're in traffic and everything stands still. So time slows down mm. and you and your life gets increased. 
like it becomes timeless. <laughs> so I just wanted to add that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a meditation. Exactly. Just breathe. So good. So good. Okay. So Star Wolf, how do people get in touch with you if they want more information? The best way to find out what, what we're doing and what's happening is to go to our website, which is easy to remember, which is shamanicbreathwork.org. Um, and you can click on there, find our events. We do lots of things, as I said before, with all of our uh, offerings and certifications and training programs we have coming up around the world. And we really do have them going on uh, many, many different places. So you can check that out. Right. Um, and you can go onto my Facebook page and find me and uh, as Star Wolf. But also I'd like to invite people to come to my Venus Rising Association uh, page because you get to see people all around the world and countries all around the world who are doing shamanic breath work, who you can go to a day long, you can go to an evening, a half day. And last but not least, you can buy my book, Shamanic Breathwork, Journeying Beyond the Limits of the Self. And you can find all my books on Amazon that are authored and co-authored. And, um, but I would encourage you, if you're interested in walking the shamanic path, to um, look at shamanic breathwork as a practice, as a tool, and to also look at visionary shamanism, which says that the t it's time for us to go beyond healing into transformation. Mm, totally. I'm like so, I'm so over people working on it. I'm so yep. over people healing things. Most of the healers I know need to heal themselves. Uh, I'm tired of it. I want people to transform. I'm of the school of instant transformation. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> One last question I didn't get to, which is about Wolf. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine last night talked to me about uh, his great-grandfather being hung upside down by white Russians and left for the wolves. He was Lithuanian, and there was lots of stealing and pilfering going on between the two cultures back in that day. And they hung him upside down and strung him up and expected the wolves to come and eat him. But when the wolves came, he sang to them, and the wolves didn't, bu didn't bite him. And when the Russians mm -hmm. came back the next day, they let him down because they figured it was he was crazy or shamanic <laughs> or something. <laughs> he was so, probably a shaman hanging upside down. <laughs> So what, um, something about wolf, I'm like, my, one yeah. of my favorite totems is coyote, close, but no cigar. What's the wolf? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have to say something about coyote. I always say that the coyote is the shadow side of wolf. And, the, and I love the coyote because the coyote helps us look at our shadow and to have a sense of humor and humility about mm -hmm. the things we can't see about ourselves. But everybody else does. <laughs> exactly. And the, yeah, and, and they have a wicked sense of humor, which we all need to survive in this life. And they're, I always say they're first cousin to the wolf. Uh, but the wolf is really the pathfinder. It's the way shower and the visionary. And the, I've been a, a part of the wolf clan for a long time. And I, I, um, I share with people that when you step on the path of the wolf, that you really are acknowledging that you are a teacher. You're acknowledging that you are a visionary. You're acknowledging that you're a way shower. But what you're pointing to is you're pointing people to themselves, back to mm -hmm. their own inner shaman, to the healer, the transformer inside themselves, and to helping them awaken that consciousness. And that's what every good wolf does. And we have a saying, too, that, you know, that the wolf, ha uh, the wolf pack has your back, that, you know, we care about you. Uh -huh. And also that... Um, a good wolf never lets another wolf howl alone. So that's kind of the motto in our <laughs> workshops. And we'll, one of us will howl. We have this thing like if some, anytime anybody breaks out into a house, for no reason, they walk out of the bathroom and they go, oh, or they step outside and go, oh, or at the end of the group, they go, oh, anytime anybody howls, the whole group has to break out and howl because a good wolf never lets another wolf howl alone. <laughs> so good. Thank you. I'm so glad I remembered to ask that. Well, we have come to the end of our time uh, together today. I'm sorry about that because I could go on and on and on and on asking you a million other questions. I hope my listeners got it. I hope you are uh, contacted by some of them. They're all over the world, and there's at least 100,000 of them out there. 
so hopefully somebody heard the call of their path. Thank you so much, Star Wolf, for being my guest today. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that we know each other. And it's been my pleasure to interview you. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Laurie. It's such a privilege. And I feel the same way about you. And um, I just can't say enough about the work that you're doing and how happy I am that we've made this connection this lifetime. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. And my listeners, thank you for listening. Of course, I love you. I uh, I love hearing from you, and I appreciate your loyalty, listening to my show week after week. And uh, please tune in next week when I'll have another amazing guest to help you with your sex and your happiness and to transform you. This is Laurie Handlers signing off for Sex and Happiness. I'm going to just say namaste. And, uh, and I'll be back next time with somebody else to thrill you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.